it's interesting, you know, Kelly, you know, for somebody who was practicing meditation for a long period of time, you know, and seen, you know, like I said, thousands of thousands of patients that, uh, you know, um, any kind of presence is is better than none, right? Definitely. Um, and so my my experience, uh, uh, you know, as we've gotten more, you know, over the last thirty years or more, that we've, you know, become more disembodied. Actually, um, I know that term may sound funny, but you know, we spend quite a lot of time looking at smartphones or TVs or computer screens, and these all bring our awareness outside of our body. Okay, and actually, the body. Um, for a lot of people, is treated like some kind of, uh, you know, just some vehicle or so. I mean, and a lot of times we treat it worse than we treat our car. You know, at least we change the oil in our car. But, you know, we've gotten to the point where we think, you know, fast food is actually food, right? Yeah. Um, and, and you know the problems with that, right? So, you know, a little bit about my background, uh you know, the way the universe will just put you where you need to be. My first practice was actually in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is, you know, the home of the military-industrial complex here in America. And um, so I started to see a lot of soldiers that suffered from trauma. And uh, that was 30 years ago, and now, you know, my practice has progressed. And and for whatever reason, uh, the universe wanted me to fully immerse myself in the the therapy, if you will, of how do people clear trauma uh, and chronic stress. I mean, they're part of the same uh, spectrum, right? How do we clear chronic stress from the body-mind, if you will? And, you know, this is a deep question, and as you, as you stated early on, is that the number one... Uh, the number one problem, uh, you know, with Dominion in terms of their health care and well-being is the level of stress that are people under. It's it just, um, it's tough to clear stress from the system. But what we've uh, come to realize uh, uh, as, as science has become more and more precise at being able to identify physiologic changes in the body They've actually noticed that uh, the most powerful way to begin to clear chronic stress from the body is through um, bringing one's awareness actually to the body. Not so much the story about the stress, right? We all have stories about things that may have happened to us. But science has figured out that the body actually has what's called cellular memory. So if you think about this, the, the, the entire body is actually a brain, okay? And I'm, I'm sure you uh, heard the term, you know, I, I felt such and such in my gut. My gut told me don't go there or do this or something like that. That's because we have what's called the enteric nervous system. It turns out that the enteric nervous system, meaning the gut brain, if you will, is just as big, it's just as complicated, it's just as involved as the cranial brain, you know, the brain inside our, our heads. Um, and it turns out that the nervous system in general, these are just uh, arbitrary, really, distinctions 
um, that we set up, you know, to understand things. But the entire body uh, obviously has a nervous system and is connected by this profound, uh, what I call an instrument of intelligence. And science has determined that anything that we experience in life, that the body will actually develop what's called cellular memory. Like, for example, you may have a conversation with somebody and they say something that doesn't feel good, and you might you might feel it actually in, in your gut or in your chest and be like, oh, that, that didn't feel good. Well, that's, that's like, uh, that's part of cellular memory. Now, if we don't tend to that, which most of us don't, or if we don't recognize that, whoa, I felt that in my body, then we'll go on with our day, you know, back to our routine and so forth. And these cellular memories will get, will accumulate over time to the point where, um, you know, they'll actually begin to cause physiologic disturbance. In other words, high blood pressure or digestive disorder, constipation, uh, reflux, what have you. Um, and then sort of conventional medicine goes about treating that stuff by trying to tap down the symptom. In other words, you know, give an antacid if a person has reflux or give a, you know, uh, you know, something else for constipation and so forth. But what we're not really addressing the root cause. Uh, there was a really powerful book that was written, uh, very recently actually by the head of the U.S. Trauma uh, Center. His name is, uh, he's a doctor named Basil Vanderkalk. He's a Harvard-trained psychiatrist. And he actually pulls together the science around what we're talking about. Where he's, The name of the book is, is really ideal, where it says, The Body Keeps the Score. That's the name of the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Because, you know, what he's realized is that if we don't bring our awareness into the body, we don't have a chance of clearing uh, chronic stress or, or trauma from the body. Typically, stress and trauma are, have been treated historically, you know, you know, go to see a therapist or something, lay on the couch and tell your story. And you keep telling the story over and over, and hopefully you get some benefit from that. But, but now studies are showing that the more you tell your story, the more you hang out in your story, the more more you re-traumatize the body. So uh, that's a long way of, of, of sort of trying to point us in the direction of heartfulness and why I've found heartfulness to be, number one, you know, a distinction from mindfulness. Heartfulness actually is a, is a gentle nudge for the individual to move into their body. Because, again, we're not focusing on the head. We're not focusing on just the thoughts um, that we may have. We're actually uh, bringing our awareness into the body. And the heart, because it's a circulatory organ, you know, it, will, it actually circulates this calm feeling uh, throughout the body so that our awareness, in essence, stays with the body. And this calm feeling that we have is then generated and uh, by the individual, and it's something they can carry with them. It's not just, oh, I had some different ideas, 
you know how the mind is, you know, it'll change very quickly from this idea to that idea. But when you, when the heart begins to open metaphorically, if you will, a person has an experience and, uh, you know, as the heart begins to inform the conversation, uh, that's a whole lot different than just changing how one thinks about something. Science has also uh, proven that the largest uh, electromagnetic organ in the body is the heart. And so when you bring your awareness to it, it starts to open, if you will, or expand. As it expands, it then begins to influence the cranial brain uh, because the vi vibratory uh, the, the vibratory energetics of the heart, again, begin to calm down the cranial brain so that, um, you know, we don't have so many repetitive thoughts. Uh, and again, we can be, we can begin to come re-embody ourselves, if you will. And the way I think about that is I look at the body, uh, you know, like I said, as from the role of a physician. I look at the body as a profound instrument of intelligence. The body has, uh, it's taken, you know, the, uh, millions of years, if not billions of years to evolve to this state. It wasn't an accident that we got to this state, but part of what allowed human beings to continue to evolve is the magnificent intelligence of our organism. Well, the body is an instrument of intelligence. The, the, the point is, are we going to listen to those clues? Do we listen to those clues or not? Now, in our modern, so, so but the point is, is that heartfulness, what I'm trying to do is, is, is kind of create a distinction where, um, one can understand that number one, all, all meditations are not the same thing. Okay. Um, and there's benefits to all different kinds of meditations, whether it's mindfulness, heartfulness, or zen, or what have you. But heartfulness is distinct. Uh, my experience of heartfulness is that it, it, it's, it's very distinct in the way that it begins to allow people to reorient their awareness to the body, if you will. And the reason I... One of the reasons I feel this is important is because I'm sure you've experienced people that are what you might say, well, you know, that person is very ungrounded. In other words, you know, they're kind of here and there and, you know, have a few good ideas here and there, but, you know, they're not really grounded. And in, in essence, um, you know, very simply speaking, our body is our connection to the ground. Okay, um, you know, we live on this planet. Uh, if you come to my house in the morning, which you're welcome to any time, you'll see me in the front yard standing barefoot on the grass um, doing my little Tai Chi, uh, if you will. And But really what I'm doing uh, is allowing my body to sense the ground, okay, I do, I too will tell you, I go around the country and give, you know, do a lot of public speaking. I always ask my wife, you know, do you have any advice for me? And she'll say, number one, feel your feet on the ground. Number two, you know, show them your heart. And, 
And that advice over the years has uh, never uh, stared me wrong. And even as simple as it is, it's it's been so life sustaining in in my work. Um, and and it's not just about presentation or anything like that, but it's to point to the direction of how do we remain how do we keep some of our consciousness within this magnificent intelligent um instrument called the body so we can listen to the clues if we you know if i could tell okay i'm hungry or you know i'm thirsty you know i can begin to manage you know the fuel that my body needs to function optimally or i need to get up and take a, a quick walk because i've been sitting here too long so again I'm giving, I'm really honoring, you know, my well-being in this way. If I'm disconnected from my body, I might not even notice any of those things that happened, but my my body will pay a price for that later. And it turns out that the price that we're paying for not uh, honoring, you know, states of wellness in our body-mind, you know, is very, very high. And as a country, we can't really afford that. So, um, you know, that's that's sort of, I hope that provides some background to, you know, what it is that we're offering here. If you have any questions, Kelly, about that. So nice. I think nice. I'll have more questions for you. I'm just taking it all in, but I just love this approach. Thank you. And, you know, you know they, these are, you know, we're having a nice, discussion but and, and like any and it's and that's important and like anything you know it's really really where the rubber meets the road is in the actual experience of it and you know we often tell people that that it's it's, it's really all about the experience of it and when people you know get to actually experience heartfulness you know they begin to sense this um this sense of well-being that we're talking about, the sense of warm-heartedness that we're talking about, that really um, begins to make a profound difference in how they, you know, experience life. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I'm sure Otoo has offered, you know, you could try the meditation and uh, it's very subtle, but, you know, you know, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Let me ask you a couple of questions. I mean, do you guys have, I mean, how do people engage you right now? Do you have incentive programs and things like that that people engage you through? Yes, and we do. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, sometimes I use the analogy of like, uh, of let's say you and I were driving, you know, I was driving to Richmond, you know, you had been visiting with me down here in Durham, and I'm driving back to Richmond, and I'm driving the car, but I'm looking at you and having a conversation, and I'm not, I'm not paying attention to the instrument panel on the car. I mean, you know, you would say to me, "Hey, Maurice, watch the road, right?" <laughs> yeah. Because and I use that analogy as because. When we actually do pay attention to the instrumentation, which is our, you know, our physiology and all the clues that it's giving us, see, the mind, the mind can be in the future, 
or in the past, which it often is. But the body is always right here in the present, right here in the now. And so if we want to be fully present, which allows us to be be aware of our current environment, like right now, that's the most that's the best way to be as safe as we can because I'm paying attention. Right? Yeah. You know, I I I I'm seeing what I'm seeing, I'm feeling what I'm feeling, I'm fully engaged in the present moment. And that of course is a huge benefit in terms of my own safety and well being. As a matter of fact, it's like walking down in an un you know, at night through an unfamiliar neighborhood and you get a clue, you know, you're you're kinda of wide awake and you get a clue but your body, your gut tells you, Hey, don't go down that dark alley. It might not be the best place to go. Boom. You listen to that and maybe that, you know, keeps you safe. And but had you been, you know, walking down that same neighborhood, uh, you know, looking at your cell phone, uh you know, not engaged, you know, then you may have wandered into a place that wouldn't have been the best place for you. So, you know, you can connect the dots between heartfulness and embodiment and awareness and intelligence and safety. Whether we're talking about safety, whether we're talking about chronic stress um, and all of the health consequences of that i mean it all starts with i tell people this all the time they say doc why do you talk about you know i teach at medical schools and stuff like that and they say what what is some of the first stuff that you talk with people about well i'm mostly spending time with them you know kind of feeling where their awareness is is it all up in their head on their thoughts or their cell phone or something else or are they keeping some of their awareness inside their physiology so they can actually feel and process their experience. Because any experience that we that we don't process or fully embrace or allow to sort of work its way through our system, you know, becomes stuck. And that stuckness, if you will, on a physiologic level can, you know, turn into uh, a chronic condition uh, you know, over a period of time. So I can, I can, in other words, I can change somebody's diet all, all I want, but unless I help them, you know, resolve or come to terms with whatever their mental or emotional, um, bumps in the road are, uh, if I don't help them with that, uh, they may have a very clean diet, but as soon as, you know, that emotional disturbance comes up again, boom, now they're off in a negative habit, you know, eating something that doesn't really serve them. And, you know, we're back to square one again. So, you know, I don't think, uh, I I think, you know, wellness without awareness um, on all levels is, you know, is not very effective. I mean, you know, Kelly, you know, this is really next level. Um, This is next level of... um, human engagement and human productivity. This is next level. You know, it used to be where we could sort of, you know, kind of just go about our way and, you know, do, do you know, and just do what we do without actually having to bring our awareness into our experience or bring our awareness into the body. 
I mean, because we didn't have all these distractions. We didn't have smartphones, computers, and all this stuff. People were just sort of naturally engaged in activities at the workplace that actually did involve their bodies. So, you know, we were more inclined to be embodied. But but now, um, now that's not happening. So we have to actually bring, uh, redirect our awareness. And it's not like going back. It's actually, for example, I told you about the work of Basil Vanderkoek. Well, you know, 30 years ago when I was treating, you know, soldiers with post-traumatic stress, they, uh, you know, they come back to America and the only options they were given were pharmaceuticals, painkillers, antidepressants, or alcohol. And that was a disaster. And we found out over time, again, as science developed the ability to actually, uh, you know, you know, visualize, uh, you know, how the brain works, how the nervous system works, it's actually become cutting-edge therapy that if you're going to actually integrate chronic stress, the best way to do that is with our own consciousness, with our own awareness, by bringing that awareness into the body where you feel the raw physiologic sensation staying out of the story, coming into the body, and fully, um, with warm-heartedness, fully accepting whatever the uh, physiologic experience is. It may be, uh, I'll give you an example, it may be uh, trembling or it may be constriction. It's a welcoming of that experience into uh into an acceptance, if you will, without pushing it away that allows the body and its amazing ability to self-correct, that allows the body to to fully integrate the experience, and then that experience is no longer an obstacle to our well-being, uh, if that makes sense. So it's, it's next level, it's next level human experience. In other words, it's like, if you and I were to um, go out and have coffee and, you know, and I'm sitting there on my cell phone texting people and stuff like that, you know, you might say, well, you know, the guy, he seemed all right, but, you know, it wasn't very nourishing. It wasn't a very nourishing connection. Whereas if you and I go out and both of us, you know, we have a nice cup of coffee and, and, and we're not distracted by anything and we're fully connected, you know, sharing, uh, you know, our thoughts and feelings with one another, that's a much, uh, that would be a much more nourishing experience for us, right? Definitely. So the, these are ways to think about kind of what what we're talking about, um, you know, in terms of the possibilities of sharing heartfulness um, with folks. That concept of cellular memory, the fact that, you know, our, our, we re, we, our cells remember is amazing. You know, and retraining not just your brain with these traumas, but, you know, how you react to them or how you, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's cutting edge stuff and, um, you're exactly right. It, you know, we used to think that, you know, just get somebody to lay down on the couch and kind of, you know, 
you know, go over their story with them. When people come to see me now, I, I, you know, if they feel like they have to share a story with me, fine. But I'm not focused on that at all. Uh, I'm more trying to bring them into their physiology because, you know, number one, it works. Number two, it's so empowering for individuals to realize that, no, I don't have to be dependent on my therapist. I don't have to be dependent on some pharmaceutical I actually have access to the most powerful force on the planet, which is my own awareness, my own consciousness. And when, when folks begin to harness that and use it in this way to, you know, to redirect their life, to awaken themselves, uh, you know, it's a very beautiful thing. Yeah, it's powerful when you really help people understand the ability for our own body to heal itself, you know. Yeah. And kind of putting that power back into themselves, you know, you have exactly. you have this ability. It's exactly. And as a matter of fact, we're much better at, you know, you don't have to be super smart to do this. I mean, you don't have to, like, understand, you don't have to go to medical school to heal yourself, right? Um, the, the body actually knows how to self-correct if, with the tools that it needs. And the body actually works pretty good by itself, but when it gets under undue stress, then it needs the support of our awareness. I use the example of, you know, let's say you and I are visiting, and, you know, you come over to my house, and we're sitting in the office or whatever, and, and it's at night, and, and so you decide, you know, we decide, okay, it's getting late, you know, I'll see you later, Kelly. You go out to your car, and you realize, oh, I left my keys in the office. So you come back to the door. I've already turned the lights off and stuff. I say, yeah, yeah, come on in. Let's go ahead in the office and, you know, you, you know you'll find your keys. And you go in the office, it's pitch black. And what's the, the next question you'll ask me is, hey, Doc, can you turn the light on? So I, I turn the light on, boom, there your keys are. Well, our consciousness is like light for the body. So... When we get under undue stress, if we can begin to bring our awareness back into the body, back into the space that's being, you know, that's constricted or what have you from whatever the cellular memory is. Or even uh, if we're trying to heal from some, you know, you know, I twisted my knee or something like that. Just to bring the awareness, our awareness to our knee and welcome whatever the sensations are, whether they're, you know, tightness or pain or what have you. And even just bringing the awareness to physiologic, you know, injury, if you will, is very supportive. I mean, the science shows it's incredibly supportive to the, the body's physiology to actually be able to realign and, and, and heal. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very empowering when people begin to harness this tool. Well, you know, I'm not at I'm not at the men like you guys. So you guys have the you know your finger on the pulse there. But you know, in my travels around, uh, you know, like for example, we I don't know uh, Kelly if you're familiar with the company SAS. No, I'm not. Yeah, it's one of the top. You know, it's, you know, for the last 20 years, it's been, like, ranked, you know, it's a huge company, a software kind of analytics company. It's always ranked right up there with Google and, uh, you know, some of the others is, like, 
one of the best places on the planet to work. And, you know, even like mentioning Google, et cetera, these are all places like, for example, we, we um, conduct heartfulness sessions. And, and so really when you look at really high-performing companies and companies that are looking for next-level performance from their employees, I mean, they don't have – heartfulness is not like some little optional element off to the side. It's actually front and center in their offerings in terms of employee benefits, employee uh, engagement in terms of uh, productivity and wellness. I mean, their wellness initiatives are are part of what allows the company to rank, you know, to to achieve rankings, you know, you know, in very high levels in terms of um, how they treat and take care of their employees. So. You know, when I think about what Dominion what Dominion can be, you know, who it is on the planet in terms of a company, um, you know, I, 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 you know, to me, I would think it would be, uh, you know, that what you guys are talking about would be front and center in, like, you know, how how do we really take care of our our employees in a in a real in a profound way, not just off in a little corner somewhere, and you know, in turn, the, you know, these companies realize that the better their, you know, the better their employees' health and wellness and product, you know, the better their productivity will be in terms of how the company does. So in terms of bottom line, um, you know, these companies realize that uh, wellness initiatives, uh, mindful, you know, mindful awareness, kind of consciousness, uh, heart-driven initiatives, um you know, make a profound difference in in their health. So, you know, if I were you guys, I would think real big. Uh, and, you know, whatever wellness, I mean, the, the studies are out there showing that for every dollar you spend on a wellness program for an employee, they, they save or make $5 in terms of productivity, uh, loss of, uh, you know, absenteeism and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I would think real big, shoot for the moon. Uh, the benefits will be profound. Uh, you know, everybody will benefit at, at the end of the day. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Yeah, and I'm ready to do whatever I can do. I know I bring kind of a unique perspective to this from the medical side. And, you know, Kelly, you can kind of think about this, um, you know, you know, you could you can think about this, you know, my skills and so forth, you know, in many different ways and, and I'm happy to um, you know, engage you and, you know, support um any kind of initiatives you develop up there or just something you want to run past me and I'll you know, try to help you fill, figure out how to best achieve your goal. Um you know, I, I, I do think that whenever you can take meditation, if you will, even even the term, you know, you know, people, you know, you know, anything, any term people don't fully understand, they 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 are afraid of, right? So I like to always pair any kind of um, more subtle therapeutic techniques with the science that backs it up. So that people can actually see, you know, this is very practical stuff we're talking about here. It's not, 
We're not talking about, you know, uh, enlightenment or nirvana or any of those things, even though all that stuff is achievable. Um, we're, we're talking about fundamental changes in people's health and well-being and how they can take charge of that. And the best way to take charge of that is take ownership over one's ability to be aware. So, so just let me know. I'm here for you guys. Uh, let me know what you need. Thank you. You're welcome.